0: People don't buy what you do, they buy why you do it. The goal is not to do business with everybody who needs what you have. The goal is to do business with people who believe what you believe. Welcome back to Presentation Thinking, a.k.a. Adventures in Storytelling. It's Mikey Meduski here, founder, CEO of a presentation design agency called Ghost Ranch Communications. And um, we started this little podcast as an excuse and a place to document our findings as we attempt to become better storytellers and presenters and, you know, master communicators. So I'm joined by Molly Gagan.
1: Hello, everyone. I'm the content and community manager here at Presentation Thinking. One of our new AKAs I want to plug is we're the storyteller scientists. Yeah. Were we talking about this, Mikey? Yeah. And I think that kind of fits in a little bit to who we're going to be talking about today, but I'll let you intro it. You talk about it. Yeah. Okay. Well, this is someone that I think is a super smart guy that everyone, I think if you heard his name and you know who it is, you'd say that's a smart guy. And he's also... A very compelling, compelling speaker and has some big ideas that have managed to go viral on social media. And just kind of, I think he's a really successful business coach, leadership coach, author, speaker, Mm -hmm. et cetera, et cetera. And his name is Simon Sinek. And even though he's not here on the podcast with us, we are going to talk about one of his most famous talks that everyone might be familiar with. And yeah, as like a, brief kind of intro about him you know as on his Wikipedia page Mikey and he struck me as someone that like spoke a bunch of languages without you even knowing and just is a international worldly dude mm-hmm. and I think the first time I heard about him was probably just scrolling Instagram with one of his talks I think the one we're about to talk about with just a clip of something right and it's that like classic early 2000s inspiring rhythm that he speaks with. And so it's the like pause. There's no slides. He's got this cool easel, like a little uh, notepad with a Sharpie that we'll talk about more that style. But where did you first hear about him, Mikey?
0: Um, You know me, I'm like, ai tend to just read like business books. And of course, start with why I've read it. I don't remember like many details of it, other than start with why, you know. Right, it's like becomes like okay, I get it, you know. But it's really good. There's like those three people that is like Adam Grant, Simon Sinek, Brene Brown. You know, everyone just like, hey, I I need to put something on LinkedIn. I'm just gonna put a quote from one of those three people on. You know, the self help
1: holy trinity. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) somewhere
0: between like. I need some inspiration. Mm -hmm. And Simon Sinek, certainly he puts things together. Like you said, a very crisp, simple to understand way that's like, yeah, what he's saying is right, you know? And so I think I'm super glad because we like doing these TED Talk deep dives, right? Not only for the content, certainly, but as students of great presenting and great speeches and oration.
1: Storytelling scientists.
0: It's kind of fun for us to watch. I, I like to watch these twice, right? First, I watch it. As if I'm in the audience and I want to learn something. And then I'll rewatch it from the lens of like, all right, I want to see. I want to watch the mechanics and almost do like co- color commentary and start and stop and see, try to, you know, do what we saw Nancy do with like the MLK speech and almost like try to break it into different sections and, and really start to analyze what's going on here.
1: Hyperanalyze the pauses. and the,
0: Yeah. What we like also about our TED talk. Diagnostics are Ted talks are only 18 minutes at most, right? So it's a quick one that we can always, it's not too cumbersome. And Mm -hmm. as Todd Henry told us a couple episodes ago, doing a talk in under 20 minutes is more challenging than a 60 minute talk where you can really stretch things out, elaborate. Mm -hmm. You have to be sort of a poet and trim down what you want to say and still get to the conclusion and still take people from here to there. And you've got less time to do it. So yeah, there's seems like there's a true art to this, this whole Ted thing, you know?
1: Yeah, definitely. You get deep and detailed while being incredibly efficient mm-hmm. and moving and, and staying on time. Yeah. They're very calculated for sure.
0: So the name of this incredibly viral Ted talk that put, it seems like it, it put Simon Sinek on the map mm-hmm. uh, was how great leaders inspire action. So if you're going to Google that, you know, Simon Sinek, Ted talk, this is the one that comes up on Ted.com. It's got. 60 million views. And this was an early one from like, what did we say? 2009 TEDx uh, Puget Sound, like up by Seattle? I think
1: so. Mm -hmm. Okay. Somewhere on the West Coast.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Let's, uh, do you just want to talk about, what do you want to talk about first, Molly? Just sort of the flow and and what you, what Simon talks about?
1: Yeah. So I think, yeah, let's get to the content and then we can talk about your hyper analytical how he does it because Mm -hmm. that's, that's what we're here for too. But I think to start, he talks about – he immediately brings up the example of Apple being a great technological great company, which is something you see over and over in various TED Talks and other people's comparisons because this is viewed as like the ultimate, right, change of technology frontier. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. totally. And he draws three circles onto his very simple – flip pad, big piece of notepad with a Sharpie, uh, yeah. a, cir- a s- t- small circle in the center, a circle outside of that, and a, circle, a wider circle even outside of that. So you've got a golden circle, he calls it, mm-hmm. and he goes ahead and labels them. I don't know if... Does he label them right away? Or he... I think he, he kind
0: writes... of builds toward that. Yeah, he builds um, toward it, yeah. Yeah.
1: So he talks about how the company wants to do something, and mm-hmm. that's the method that they use. And that's like... An iPhone or the the what I'm sorry, and then when you move into the how they're like that's the marketing that's the how you spread the word we're doing it with like the this X Y Z technology never been used before I don't know lithium batteries sure. something something right. and then yeah. he talks about this third circle that a lot of companies don't get to because a lot of companies will tell you what they do they'll tell you how they do it but you if you don't know why they're doing what they do then you're not going to buy into it because the why part of the circle taps into your brain that's emotional mm-hmm. and uh, makes decisions based on like, not like the illogical part of your brain. We buy Apple products, not only because they're great and your friends will kick you out of the group chat if you don't have a blue, you know, <laughs> text okay. and react react to accordingly, but you also buy it because you want to be the person with the best, you know, mm-hmm. you want or your craft needs a MacBook or like the best recording device or whatever it is. And so they tap into the passion and those Apple ads, like especially in the beginning, you know, remember the classic people silhouettes dancing and stuff with the iPods and just like, we get music, we get like this, the iPod. Mm -hmm. And it was like, yes. Oh my gosh. Like I also like, and they talked to crew, they brought on musicians to promote it as well. Mm -hmm. And I think that approach by appealing to the why and the emotional component of their product, of the how and the what, yeah. they were able to truly, you know, tap into this unparalleled success. Yeah. And there's a great quote around five minutes in, and he's like, "The goal is to do business with people who believe what you believe. It that's that's it. You know, it's not just it's not just do, doing business with everyone in the world. It's people that believe what you believe and converting them in a way, right?
0: Yeah, it's great." Yeah. So he had, well, like two visuals in the whole, he didn't have slides, No slides. you know, but that's, (laughs) that's a sign of a pretty damn good speaker, Speaker. but he did have a little flip chart. Yeah. And he drew the golden circle, which as you said was, yeah, those three kind of like concentric circles or whatever. So we, if we just like, Hey, I need to sell this thing. We usually start with from the outside and go in. If we even, like you said, maybe we don't get to the center, but the what, Hey, there's this thing with all these cool features Mm -hmm. and, um, It's going to help you do a thing.
1: And at minute six, he has this amazing shift where he presents all of this information. He's like, this is how, like, we're going to talk about how great leaders inspire action. Here's the epic example. Here's exactly why. And then he goes, but the best part of this is, this is none of this is my opinion. This is all scientifically, biologically backed up. Yeah. And he reveals that his golden circle is a cross section of the human brain, mm-hmm. correlating it with the limbic brain, which is your emotional capacity that I was just mm-hmm. talking about where trust, loyalty, yeah, relationships almost yeah. lie. And he, he says that that. Piece of your brain has no capacity for language. Like it's just, it just is. It's the gut decisions. So communicating from the inside out, the limbic brain out. I don't know what the other part of the brain is called. I should have. I
0: think he said it was the the what part, the neocortex, which is rational, analytical thought, which does process language, right?
1: Totally. Yeah. So that you're trying to translate the why into language, products, numbers, like rationality with the why. So communicating from the why outside will create an epic, like impactful message is what he's saying.
0: Oh man, That speaks to me. Like I can imagine one of my least favorite things to do might be going to a car dealership, trying to get a new car and then being approached and kind of hassled and, you know, oh, this is right, this is right. And then Mm -hmm. I think he said like Mm -hmm. so often we'll just say like, I don't know, it just doesn't feel right, you know, or maybe you're shopping apartments and, Mm -hmm. you know, on paper they all look the same and you're just like have a – like this one just – Or like, oh, we need this one. Like this one's talking to me, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. and that is the emotional, as you said, like the limbic part of, yeah, we can't explain it. Like it's our, that gut feeling, it's our intuition, but it's what we believe, right? Starting there, addressing that, getting you on that good feeling of belief. And this is something that feels right. Mm -hmm. And then if you can work outward to the what, the limbic, the rationale, then you're just validating that decision with with proof points anyway, right? And it's like, oh yeah, this is a no brainer.
1: Totally, yeah. So throughout this, he's kind of he's not saying it explicitly, but you suppose there's some business leaders, there's some entrepreneurs in the audience, and this is how great leaders inspire action by Simon Sinek. And you're like, okay, well maybe I know what my I know what my product is. Obviously, I know how we do it, but have you can you dig deeper to the third layer to the why? To develop that epic messaging, so mm-hmm. that you can get other people's bought, other people bought on in the same way you are. And his next story, I thought this was really interesting, was about the Wright brothers' yeah discovery of aviation. Uh, and and we all know the White, Wright brothers' names, right? Because mm-hmm. they're on the isn't it the North Carolina license plate? Crazy. Is that correct? I forget. No, yeah. Sure. <laughs> Is it a while? I'm thinking I'm Mount Rushmore. I- yeah, they're on Mount Rushmore, correct? Um, they're on my route, Mount Rushmore. And then he says that, but those guys, very right, brothers, were you know they weren't given that assignment to to find this. Basically, they just took it upon themselves. They were super fascinated with aviation. They had like a crew, a little troop of people. None of them college educated. They would just go out all day, like pack a couple lunches for each time that their like simulations would crash, and before they came back in for dinner, kind of thing. And in the meantime, at the same time, there was this other guy whose name I had never heard of. Mikey, had you heard of this Samuel Langley, mm-hmm. who was paid by the government to figure out how to fly a plane, and he was someone that was like in it for the money. Was like I guess notoriously just was like looking to make a buck and, and
0: get famous too, right? and get famous because it was like a yeah I didn't know it was oh. like a land grab. Like it wasn't just a couple people going trying to do yeah. this. It was like the, the moon. The, the thing, it was the moon, like everyone yeah. was trying to figure out how to f- make a flying machine.
1: Yeah. Fascinating. I, d- yeah. The kind of the race for flight space yeah. race, but fl- plane race. So and, you're uh, saying
0: he, so like his motive was he wanted to be the face that got, mm-hmm. yeah, that was famous and get rich from making his flying machine. Yeah. Whereas like Orville and Wilbur own some bike shop in what, Ohio. And, and yes. they just were like, yo, if we can like make a flying machine, like we'll change the world. That's like huge. Like they believed in this mission that was bigger than them. That was like, they had a why that was not a result. You know, like Langley wanted a result. He wanted to be rich, but that's not a very inspiring Mm -hmm. reason to follow somebody or believe in somebody. Right.
1: Yeah, totally. Langley had the what? And he was like, this is how I'm going to do it. He's like, I'm going to get rich. And how I'm going to do it is discover aviation. The like discovery of aviation. Meanwhile, the Wright brothers are just like, we freaking love this and that's why that's the only reason like this is this is going to change humanity Mm -hmm. and it did and i think that's kind of a hokey funny example but like i think it works really well in that or a moral example right um and oh my god they're ohio i just googled it sorry press thinkers they're Dayton, ohio
0: (laughs) but they rocked the flight in
1: yes in in north Carolina. yes um, in or (laughs) killed all
0: the holes or whatever but uh Okay. Not all the way off, but so are you saying they're on the Ohio license plate?
1: I think it's on the North Carolina license plate. Birthplace of flight—that's cool. what it says. <laughs> we'll add that to the spice game. <laughs> yeah, I never know these um, niche facts that are by no dead? means, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> by no means connected to the content we're talking about. But I just, you know, I don't want to lead people too astray.
0: <laughs> now I really want to know how they both died. Actually, I hope it wasn't like flying. <laughs>
1: No, I don't think so. Hopefully not. But yeah, so that was a great example, the Wright Brothers story, right? And then he talks about his law of diffusion of innovation. And I'd be curious to hear your take on this, Mikey, because it's about how these ideas spread. And like, how the, the law of diffusion of innovation, it's kind of hard to say, can only work if it's like, if the right idea is is aligning with that person, like, and if it connects to them, mm-hmm. then they connect to the why. And yeah. he goes through talking about TiVo, which if we all remember TiVo was mm-hmm. the recording service, the OG recording service. If I remember correctly with the little cute TV animated TV with antennas. Yeah. And obviously it's an amazing product and they knew how they were going to do it, but I didn't stick around because they didn't adapt to the rest of like developing stuff mm-hmm. that was happening at the time streaming services and the and the like and then he and then right after that is the Martin Luther King speech right. comparison which is a funny example to example to go to Jeez. but you know he talks about there's no invitations there's no marketing around that event and 250,000 people showed up on the mall mm-hmm. in Washington and that's because he went around telling people what he believed and the core and people showed up for themselves. You know, they didn't show up to see him, which I was like, eh, I actually do think some people sure. definitely showed up to yeah. see Martin Luther King, the great. But yeah, what did you think? What did you think of a lot of fusion of innovation?
0: Yeah. It's sort of that adoption curve. And so, yeah, you, you have to understand if you're so where you are in this new technology or this new idea, how to speak to it, how to get, like you said, there's the early adopters who are just like a few of like two and a half percent of the population are geeked out to try to adopt something and make it cool. And then there's sort of that critical mass where like if you hit about if your thing is adopted up to like, what did he say, 15 to 18 percent, you you're almost like you're going to start to gain that mass appeal or whatever. I guess it's is it about tailoring your message and the why to the Mm -hmm. right people at the right time as well?
1: I think so, yeah. A bit of a, like, timing and taking advantage in the right way of, like, what what you have at your hands, you know? And, like, being aware of the surroundings, knowing that you're not just, like, the only thing out there. And I think that, obviously, Martin Luther King, we talk about him, like, every fourth or fifth cast, he comes up in some way for storytelling. And I think that's something that, obviously, he did really, really well. And I'm not as familiar with, like, the failure of TiVo. Um, So I'd be curious to, like, apply some more, like examples where like what could have been done better um to this right but i think in general if if a product isn't aware of the adapting environment around it Mm -hmm. it will like it will Mm -hmm. isolate itself become a satellite and then eventually like people will leave right because yeah okay yeah so i think that's kind of yeah
0: okay yeah you're right like with with he he flipped it in a really good way like starting with the what was all about like you can record up to a thousand shows Mm -hmm. but it had they started with the why like Hey, we, we get it. You're on the go, but you, you know, it's, it's really hard to keep up with some, all the, all the, you know, programs that you like because Mm -hmm. your life is busy or whatever. So start, yeah, the way he is able to articulate that flip, it's worth watching again, watch the Ted talk. But with, with MLK, the way that he rallied people, I did like that, uh, you know, I I'm with you. Like I would have wanted to go see him, but at the time he was just putting out his values and his ideas, which I think at the in marketing, there was the era where you just didn't want to stand out as like having a line in the sand. You wanted to sell your mm-hmm. your stuff to everybody. Right. And I think when someone goes so far as to say, like, I believe this and mm-hmm. it's, it's a strong opinion. People who feel that same opinion are like, that's me, you know? And that's why they said, yeah, like, I'm not here for you. I'm here for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We happen to believe the same thing. And you just happen to say it. So that's yep. bigger. That's big. Yep.
1: And that's always calls back to the thing of like speak to the audience. Like, don't do that for yourself. Like, when you're creating a talk and you're telling a story, like you have to speak to the audience. So mm-hmm. that's just like lines up with the tenet of storytelling yeah. with that there. Yeah. And as far as the presentation itself, Mikey, I'm mm-hmm. curious to know. Mikey said this that he listens to things twice. Right. On uh, these kind of these kinds of talks, once to just enjoy as an audience member. And learn something. And then yeah. a second time to note where the people pause, note where there's a gasp, a laugh, or whatever mm-hmm. it is.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's his crutch yeah. for the for the thing, and I think that's a cool concept. To I think simple diagrams can go a long way, and someone will walk away remembering that. And sure enough, when I went to his site, he has similar like he has another one that's kind of like almost a little asterisk. And I wonder if there's another talk or something associated yeah. with that in a book. And I just think those are really powerful. They can be a powerful tool for branding, mm-hmm. memory, and it's just simple. It doesn't have to overly complicate it. Right. Right. right.
0: Yeah. There's something about like watching someone draw something, you see where they're going with it, as opposed to like, if you saw a big diagram that was already drawn, Mm -hmm. um, you have to sort of like take it all in. But if you can, the act of like guiding someone through it from here to here is, Mm -hmm. um, a little more digestible and you can Mm -hmm. kind of follow along. So yeah, it's like, was a cool mechanism for sure. And Molly, I, I know you and I always like to at the beginning, we want to see if there's a hook, right? And I, oh, I thought yeah. he did. A, he starts with a question. So that's a really good way mm-hmm. to bring people in. You ask something that your audience has to consider. Then they're sudden, they put them, they insert themselves into your talk and then it's their talk, not yours. So that's, mm-hmm. that's always a good thing. He starts with, how do you explain when things don't go as we assume or better? How do you explain when others are able to achieve things that seem to defy all the assumptions? There you, you know, know. And then he talks about how Apple, you know, yeah. Apple. Boom. Um, so yeah, I thought it was a good hook. What about you?
1: Oh, definitely. I like yeah. that a lot. My, one of my favorite parts is his transition. As I said, from presenting these three circles and talking about the Apple example. And when he kind of closes that chapter, which, you know, I'd be curious to see his notes. I would assume that's like part one, right? That's part one. Yeah. And then he transitions. He goes, the best part is this is all biologically backed. Like this is actually a cross section of a human brain. And I think the reveal of that waiting for the little, like, oh, no way. Like that's so smart. I yeah. think is a really cool way to kind of provide a little validation, be like, oh, it's back to science. And I then also, that. yeah. And then also keep the listener engaged from then on, because you've yeah. already got, you already got that initial hook. You talked through the Apple example. Now what? And now yeah. I'm proving it, for, like telling you that it corresponds to the parts of your literal brain.
0: Yeah. I'm all your, your spot. So that transition to the credibility or the, yeah, the evidence component is Mm -hmm. at minute five and a half of 18 minutes. So he's 30% in, right? First 30%, Mm -hmm. let's call it a third. He introduces this big idea. He brings you along, sets, you know, teases this idea of, of how Apple did it differently versus others who fell short leading with the what. So yeah, he talks, he introduces this thesis of starting with why then yeah, around minute five, five and a half, Brings science into this, so let's let's back this concept up, give it some teeth. Which we know, okay, if you don't do that, then it's all fluff. People might, you know, the more analytical folk might dismiss it as just lofty I- mm-hmm. ideas. And then around what eight minutes, he starts into one of, I guess, like four case studies, right? Like Samuel Pierpont Langley versus the uh, Wright brothers, and then sort of like Tivo and and MLK. So those I I might call them like case studies, if you will, like mm-hmm. that support. You know the evidence. first two yeah the more evidence right more mm-hmm. credibility proof so if you think about it like that big idea let's talk about the science behind the the how the like mm-hmm. the credibility and then the evidence
1: and then prove to you why yeah. and
0: then bring it all back to the big idea again with a compelling you know finish which he did
1: mm-hmm. yeah
0: so I, I found this like Forbes article that's kind of it's kind of mean spirited but' it's, <laughs> uh, so here's here's a quote from it but it's like who you know how did how did Simon Sinek get famous, basically. Yeah. Author Simon yeah. Sinek is full of hot air. And other reasons, <laughs> yeah. you should follow his lead. But uh, it says, um, with his serious air, professional spectacles, and $10 words, Sinek comes across as the kind of guy who spends his days conducting lab research and writing academic papers. Which, mm-hmm. I agree, Like he, to me, he seems like an a- academic or like mm-hmm. almost like a CEO-type presence. Mm-hmm. Not so. In fact, before he became a professional guru... Cynic worked in advertising. His tenure at Ogilvy and & Mather and Euro RSDG taught him well. While some might say the actual content of his ideas is flimsy at best, the strategies he uses to sell them in the form of books, talks, and consulting engagements are remarkably effective.
1: Yeah. And I yeah. couldn't
0: agree more. You know, I love the fact that Cynic cut his teeth. Got, he started in advertising. Mm-hmm. And the reason he is so good at selling these ideas, I think, is because he's a brilliant advertiser hmm. And yeah. so the first thing when I was just like watching this from a more analytical lens was yeah. picking up on repetition. Yeah. People don't buy what you do. They buy why you do it. People don't buy what you do. They buy why you do it. So the first time he said that, he introduced that. That was like the line. Yeah. If I, I'd say if there's anything he really wants us to remember, it was that one line. The first time he said it, he, he repeated himself. and He had yeah, like sort of the pregnant pause. Mm-hmm. He said it again. Mm-hmm. Do you know how many times he said that line verbatim in the whole eighteen minutes?
1: Uh, at least five. How Seven many times. Se- oh, Seven wow. times verbatim.
0: Yeah. And That's awesome. I'd say two other times, like in a different way. So almost like ten times, he basically said the same thing in an eighteen-minute speech. Some people are afraid, Molly, of being like redundant in a PowerPoint or a presentation, but I think the fact that Simon Sinek is an advertising professional. The fact that he embraces repetition, which is one of the tricks of advertising Mm -hmm, to make mm -hmm. it work and stick to me tells us that we should embrace repetition, repetition. Yeah. Yeah. We should embrace repetition. Yeah. So, yeah. (laughs) I I mean, like, but he distilled it down. It's a, it's a beautiful line. Six, seven, eight, nine, 10. It's a, it's about 12 words, right? There's something else out there about like 10, the the magic of like a 10 word uh, line like that, but Hey, 12 word catch line. Yeah, that mm-hmm. is, it's basically a, it's a, it's a really made to stick esque proverb, like you just said. So it's mm-hmm. a, it's a beautiful phrase and that's what I really took away from, from this one.
1: Yeah. And I love like, thanks for bringing that in as the article <laughs> Simon is full of hot air because no matter if he is or isn't like that kind of thing, he gives me more positive Elon Musk energy. I don't think he's a bad guy, but <laughs> yeah. whether or not his eyes are his ideas are flimsy or not, he yet yeah, remarkably effective, as the article says. So yeah. there's something to be learned from his diffusion of innovation, right? Like how does he how is he going yeah. about spreading all this, and how is he going how is he viral on like how did I know when we first talked about talking about him, I was like, "How do I know I know that guy like what yeah. does he do is he sp- know. is he a he's... space guy is he like <laughs> is he a yeah. Yeah. Well, is he a billionaire? I'm not sure, yeah, yeah, I like was like tech advertising, but it's good to know because that makes a lot of sense that he's an advertising bro <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> at yeah. his core it yeah, a golden circle and so th- I think what this sounds like this was so viral that then he just wrote his book and mm-hmm. I think his career just Took off from there Mm -hmm. as a guru anyway.
1: As a guru. Yeah. Yeah. So press thinkers, if you're an aspiring guru, (laughs) this is one way to spread some ideas.
0: (laughs) It is. Yo. (laughs) We're not trying
1: to promote cults though. Yeah.
0: He didn't have, it didn't look like any teleprompter, any notes either. He was, um, and also like standing with an old school, like a physical hand mic, which cut out halfway through and they had to bring him another one. And he took it like a champ and, you know, rolled right through. So yeah. Obviously like stage presence. He looks super calm, super confident. Yeah. Great. uh, What do you call it? Blocking where you kind of move around the stage Mm -hmm. and looking at everybody. Great eye contact. Great body. Unassuming
1: outfit, presumably from Kohl's or something. He looks like a
0: one of the people from Friends or something.
1: Yeah, he's from out
0: of the '90s, you know. (laughs) Yeah. But uh, he looked like a, a trendy dude at the time.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I think, regardless of trendy or not, his his talk was powerful enough that it started his career. Got yeah. to write a
0: book, Molly. What do you think about starting your career uh, if we were to break into the spice cabinet as a ranch dressing influencer? New segment. I'll
1: tell you what. Yeah, new segment. Let us know in the comments, people. DM <laughs> us if you're interested in this. I'm a ranch dressing enthusiast, and um, and uh, we we're wondering if Ghost Ranch, you know, should start ranch reviews. Is that yeah. too on the nose? Do enough little kids already do food reviews? Let us know. Is this yeah. something you would watch? Grown adults traveling the country, traveling the world, eating, consuming different kinds of dips, ranch being the, yeah. the most among them. Ranch reviews.
0: How many and different types of ranch dressing are, are there? I, 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 I know mean, Hidden Valley endless. and Newman.
1: Ev- everyone has their own
0: recipe, okay. Mikey. You know, oh.
1: Olive Garden Ranch is currently one of my favorite reigning champs, and. Right. um I've also made my own in the past, which is like an interesting thing. I've done like vegan versions too, just for fun. and that's always interesting. But <laughs> I get so mad. I When I get, take food from a restaurant, I will literally like ask to package up the restaurant ranch is just like buttermil- buttermilk buttermilk yeah. dill. something super Ooh. buttermilk and dilly is my yeah. is my bread and butter. You're dipping a fried pickle in there. Yeah. So good.
0: Um, Hotbox Pizza or, or used to be known as Pizza Express here in, in- Indianapolis, Bloomington area. Ooh. Known to – they have the best um, ranch in the area. So we'll uh, we'll fly you out here for the influence. You know, I'm
1: available, yeah. So let us think. know. We'll we'll start a poll maybe on the presentation thinking uh, social media about ranch <laughs> reviews.
0: Molly. What could it look like? Why?
1: I think because – Well, for me, it's a passion, you know, it's, it's (laughs) okay. I'm interested. (laughs) It's something I really love. I think it just enhances meals and maybe other people, and I'm sure other people feel this way, right? Maybe not as crazy as me. And, um, I think that could just be a fun way to bring the world together. Universal language, you know, like let's, let's all connect. You
0: were trying to bring it when you when you were in Ireland, you were like deprived of a real, <laughs> yeah. ranch, right? Like, I know. Maybe that's where it started. Hidden Valley. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I lived there for four years and my mom would send me um, those like dehydrated Hidden Valley yeah. ranch packets that I would add to like Greek yogurt. This yep. is too much. This is, this is pretty vulnerable for me, you guys. <laughs> I'm sharing a lot of information. <laughs> but I recommend if you're in a place where you can't get ranch and you like it or you want to try it, you can get these little Hidden Valley packets online. Yeah. And get them sent to. You.
0: <laughs> oh boy.
1: Yeah. Well, fun that, spice ca- That's a spicy cabinet. Sure
0: Lord. Yeah. Okay, Molly. What about Simon Sinek's walkout music? I, I. Oh yeah. Haven't thought about this, but like having, I'm thinking yeah. like maybe the Friends song. So no
1: oh, that's fun. Yeah. Like oh, I'm just your friend who's like gonna change the world. Yeah. Um. Okay. The Friends theme is fun. I was gonna say in my thirty seconds I'd think about this, is this is a bit of a hokey example, but my wish by Rascal Flats. My wish for you is that this life becomes all that you wanted to hmm. yeah. Has been making around the rounds on TikTok. Oh really? And that is like my wish for you is that your life becomes all that you want it to. Your dreams stay big, your worries stay small. And I'm laughing as well because I pulled his mission statement from his site, Simon's site. And mm-hmm. it is – I don't know if you saw this, but it's all over. Talk about repetition. And it says, we imagine a world in which the vast majority of people wake up every day inspired, feel safe wherever they are, and in the day fulfilled by the work they do. And if that isn't basically the Rascal Flat's lyrics, okay. you know, that's it
0: for yeah. – that's it for me. <laughs> okay. You know what? Hey, I, yeah, what I'm sure I – I got nothing. I I think that's Another
1: I thought there's was another one A less hokey example is one of my favorite bands It's called Future Islands And they have a song called Spirit And even though Sam Herring is the lead of Future Islands He's kind of hard to understand notoriously yeah. But the lyrics are like Find the sun, force the moon, loose the earth And so it's like dreams come to those who challenge And so it's like this thing where it's like force your way in to like, I don't know, for so that your, yeah. your, your, why can be heard. <laughs> I'm connecting it to Simon's mission, no, that's but cool. I think, I think and, it works.
0: Yeah. And did you know, he has sort of like a branch or a partnership with Penguin Random House, like called Optimism Press. So Aww. it's sort of like his, the Simon Sinek book club, if you will, of like maybe these books that he's discovered or brought to publish. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you know, like I'm with that, like finding the sun, he's like sort of seeking out. The good mm-hmm. things and hoping that others can, can lead
1: yeah, more inspiringly. Yeah, shakes up normal messaging and makes it more make, – find the passion in, in the in your why, you know?
0: Be the change.
1: And then also in the Spice Cabinet, we'll, of course, link a few of his books, which Mikey said he read, Start With Why, and sure. maybe even this article that's potentially – Slagging them a little bit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> nah, a, it was a stunt to try to get some clicks. Um, sure, sure. Simon, what is he? The other one's called like The Infinity Game.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then
0: Eater. <laughs> Five books Eat he's written. Some of these I'm like, I don't know. But, right, um, right. I'm sure they're great.
1: It's giving it's Malcolm Gladwell thing. the tipping point a little bit for mm-hmm. me, where I think this is a really cool idea. And mm-hmm. I wonder how many books you can write about these like big, ambiguous disruptor ideas. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Hey,
0: we'll, let's find out together.
1: Yeah, totally.
0: Anything else to plug, Molly? We we had a really fun webinar with Kit McCauley of Capital, McCauley Capital, mm-hmm. uh, talking about data visualization and giving some inspiring examples of how to do, mm-hmm. make better use of numbers or data visualization in your presentation. So that was a blast.
1: Such a blast. And maybe it'll be available for you to look at.
0: Yeah, Maybe. Stay tuned. Maybe sign up for our email newsletter on the website, presentationthinking.com, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's where we live. And if you have any you know, requests on favorite TED Talks speakers that you like, admire, yeah. or maybe who was your Simon Sinek, you know what I mean? Send them our way because we will yeah. analyze them, maybe bully them online and mm-hmm. try and get them to come on the podcast. Oh my gosh. Something like that.
0: Yeah, that's right.
1: Or ask them to do a range review.
0: (laughs) Do a range review with them. Everyone. (laughs) What? Yeah, I mean, like 99 out of 100 people like range. Yeah, exactly. Thanks for listening. Keep on pitching, everybody.
1: We love you.